this out. Welcome to the podcast, the Foundations Podcast today. And uh, yeah, today, today we're going to begin looking at church. We're going to be talking about church. And the, the title of this podcast is Church Optional. Church Optional. You know, like you go to a party and they say, well, guest optional or what have you. You can have somebody if you want to bring them or whatever. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, church optional. And I'm going to ask that question, does a Christian need to go to church in order to be saved? And there's a lot of people out there that say, well, I don't have to go to church to be saved. And they're, they're not attending a regular on uh, Sundays or wherever, whatever day of the week that the churches are going. They don't attend church. They think that they can be at home uh, and not go to the church. And so today we have uh, Pastor Paul is with me, Pastor Paul Vincent from um, River of Life Assembly of God Church in Georgetown, Texas. And uh, we are, we're here, we're going to discuss this and talk about this as our kind of our segue into the church, uh, uh, church subject matter. And uh, eventually what we're going to do, not, not today, but after this, we're going to, we're going to start talking about if a person is saved or once they get saved or they, they newly are born again, how do you look for a church? What do you look for a church? What kind of things do you look for? Yada, yada, yada. So, um, but today let's we're going to deal with that, um, subject matter on does it Christian have to be a church member or do they have to attend church in order to be saved? Now, uh, let's go ahead. We're going to pray. And then uh, we're going to, and uh, Pastor Paul, why don't you open us up with a word of prayer okay. this morning? Well, Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And, and Lord, what, what an important uh, topic we're going to be talking about today. Give us wisdom uh, to, to go through the scripture to answer this question. And uh, because God really, it doesn't matter what Steve and I think, it's what did God say. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's what we're going to focus on. And so help us and help everyone who's listening that you'd give them understanding in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Okay, pastor, I'm going to go ahead. Let me go ahead. I'm going to ask you a few questions here. We're going to talk about this, but let's start off with that question. Does a Christian need to go to church? You know, that, that, that is a, a valid question. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and in pastoring churches, I've, uh, you know, for many, many years, I've run across that. Uh, let's answer it with scripture and let's okay. think about it. And then I want to throw something back at you that we talked about. Sure. But in Matthew 16, 18, this is what Jesus said. Uh, he said, I also say to you that you are Peter. And, and, you know, just so that people aren't confused, 
uh, he actually called him uh, Petra. Petra, yeah. <laughs> uh, or Petros, I should say, Petros. And he, he, he called him a stone. Yeah. Uh, and then he said, upon this rock, and that was the word Petra, which is a large, large rock, he said, I'll build my church. Notice he said my church. He didn't, he didn't say, you know, someone else's. He said, I, I will build my church. And uh, and the gates of uh, hell will not per- uh, overpower it. Mm-hmm. Now we're thinking about the church right there. What what did what did he mean by that? Well, we can answer that question by the word of God once again. Mm-hmm. If we go into the New Testament, uh, and when I say the New Testament, I'm going past the Gospels now, starting sure. in the Book of Acts. Okay. And uh, and and I'm looking at it all the way through Revelation. What what is the New Testament about? It's about letters written by apostles to local churches mm-hmm. that they established wherever they went out and did missionary work. Sure. that You can't look at the New Testament any other way than that. It's all about the local church, and that's why I believe when he said, upon this rock, and I believe that is the revelation of who Jesus is, I will build my church. He was talking about the local church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, you, you mentioned something there in Acts chapter 2, Sure. And uh, why don't why don't you uh, tell them what we talked about? Okay. Well, and the thing is, let's let's take this from a, a aspect of what is the definition of a church? A church, if you look in the dictionary, you look in different things, but a church is it's a gathering of people, and what when you look at the apostles and what the apostles did is they went to different areas of the country or the uh, through the world. Uh, in that in that region, and they went there and they established a church. A church is a gathering of people together, and I, that's why we're going to kind of segue into Acts chapter two. Um, let's take a look at verse thirty-eight. Now, in the in the book of Acts, of course, we have. Let me set the stage. You have the visitation of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. And they were all filled, and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were people from all over the place that were there watching them. And then at the, as we close out the chapter, you see Peter giving us the very first church sermon. <laughs> the very first sermon. Now, of course, if you want to kind of tie things together, as Pastor was talking, in Matthew he said, upon this rock, Peter, he's looking at Peter, talking to Peter. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we look at Peter, who this is the same Peter we're talking about, giving the first sermon. And so he's given the first sermon here, and then let's go jump down to verse 38. Uh, no, 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 verse 37, that's even better. It says, now when they heard this after he preached, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now that verse talks about from then on. And he's establishing something here. And what is being established at that point should carry on. And with many other words, did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from the sun generation. Then, then, uh, then they that gladly received his word 
were baptized on the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Peter had the very first mega church. Uh, anyway, 3,000 people being saved on that day. I don't know any any uh, uh, church that has had that kind of, uh, you know, maybe there have, maybe overseas they have, but my goodness, that's a lot of people. And then verse 32 is what we want to get at here. And it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They were giving. They basically, what they did is took all their stuff, they sold it, and they saw people that had needs, and they it was an outreach. And they continued, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, in one accord in the temple. The temple was a structure. And breaking bread from house to house, did they eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now, what I'm bringing out there is verse 42, is he says, now there are four pieces there that really make up what a church is does what this uh, he established Peter and them right there they had a, they established a church and they uh, the four pieces there in 42 it says the apostles doctrine fellowship breaking of bread and prayer and prayer now pastor what is doctrine well, doctrine is just simply a uh, set of teachings from God's Word that we believe mm -hmm. that is the guiding principle of how we live, behave, and worship God. Okay. I mean, that's that's just the bottom line. I mean, you, you don't have an understanding about what God wants in your life, and that is doctrine, mm -hmm. the teaching from His Word. Mm -hmm. How do we know how we would be behave in this world? Sure. Or how would you know how to be a good husband? Uh, how would you know... Uh, how you should worship the Lord, how you should walk with Him mm -hmm. and conduct yourself. And, that, and that's what doctrine does. It's a it's a, a set of parameters from God's Word that says, this is the way to go, this is how to live. And that's really what it is. So is it is it uh, safe to assume that if a person or a Christian is not reading, well, first of all, if they're not reading their Bible, but if they're not coming to church, they're not getting sound doctrine. It's very possible that they're not getting sound doctrine. Well, yeah, no, they're 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 definitely not. Uh, th think of it this: the Ephesian passage. You know, we we look at a lot. Ephesians chapter four, eleven through sixteen. The ideal that that Christ gave gifts to who? The church, the local mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. And remember, Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus. Sure, that's Acts nineteen. That's when he established it. And so there, Christ gives gifts to the church. He gives the apostle prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of all of that was so that that ministry gifts that God, you know, Christ gave to the church, what would they do? They would equip the people that are in that church mm -hmm. so that they could do what God wanted them to do. Sure. Well, if you're not being equipped by what Christ gave to the church, well, you're not going to be doing what God wants you to do. For, you know, I mean, that's just self-evident there. 
And if we could know everything, I mean, think about it. This is, this is me included. Mm-hmm. If we could know everything that we needed to know about what God wanted us to know in his word, then why would he have gave ministry gifts to the church? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that, to me, that is the most self-evident uh, passage of scripture on why I need to be a part of a church. I want to know what God wants me to know. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and could that be today, you know, and I, I've, I've stated on many occasions that there are Christians out there today or so-called Christian or people that profess Christianity that really when you look at their lives and you look at what happened with the, the way that they're acting and behaving and conducting their lives that are totally against or not in tune with the word of God. And, you know, as I've stated before, there's two ways you could go with that. Either that they say, no, God, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do it this way. Or they're unlearned or they're not properly taught. Taught Their foundation is not there. Where do we get our foundation? And in my opinion, is when we go to church and we get that doctrine and that what it's talking about there. And we hear, and the Bible says, what does the Bible say? It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, where are you going to hear the word of God? You're going to hear it in church. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, you know, I would hope so. <laughs> you know, I, I related these experiences in the church when I when I minister. But one of the greatest advantages that I ever had as, as a believer, and, uh, and even before really having an experience with God myself, mm-hmm. and that was that uh, I was brought to church. Sure. Uh, you know, we, we you know we still have Sunday school in our our church here. A lot of mm-hmm. churches don't. I'm not here to. We're not. Maybe that'll be a great podcast one day. Yeah, but, we'll deal with that. Yeah. But uh, but you know, when I was growing up, I went to Sunday school, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about from a little bitty on. I can still remember things about that. You know, and and what was neat is that you know back you know I saw all my teachers in church with me. Sure. On all the services. So there was a continuity there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, you know, then we had, you know, when I got older, you had youth group. Uh, you know, you, there was a pastor and what he was doing and and all of that helped. But now there's there's a, a part as any believer, I need to read my Bible. I need to yes. study to, you know, of to course. get into it. But but that was encouraged. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and all of that is a value. And, and what we're having today is, is so many people are not identifying, first of all, as a Christian in this country, Bonner Report, it's the lowest identification of Christian uh, that people identify mm-hmm. it, it, that since they've been doing all this. And then secondly, uh, possibly with the COVID-19 and all the things that have happened, less and less people are going to any church. Yeah. Uh, and, and all of that has consequences. It does. And, um, and, and so, you know, it... While saying all of that, if you're not going to church, you're not going to learn from God's word what you need to learn. And I'll say it this way, apart from going to church, you cannot learn everything that God wants you to know in his word. Mm -hmm. Because if 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 he could... He wouldn't have gave the ministry gifts in Ephesians four yeah. to the local church. Yeah, and then I, I think in a future time we're going to deal with those ministry gifts and talk about that. You know, one thing that that I what you're talking is that I, I'm thinking this. I'm thinking our children have to go to school. Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you what you don't. You your kid doesn't go to school. They're truant or whatever. They come knocking on your door and deal with you. Right. 
And our kids have to spend 12 years in school. Now, what, what is the purpose of that? The purpose is to get all of those, that knowledge and all those skills and et cetera, et cetera, that they need to be able to make it in the world. Right. And yet we have churches today, and I'm, you know, and I, and I know what you're talking about Sunday school, but I'm going to say this is that it was many years ago, and I'm not, I can't put my, my foot, finger on exactly how many, maybe a couple decades ago, a decade and a half, whatever, that I noticed that we went, we were attending a church and we started going to a church, we were doing ministry for them, and we noticed that they didn't have Sunday school. They didn't have Sunday school. And, um, and I don't, I don't want to divert from our subject here, but my point here is this, is that that church, you know, like I said, we have to have, our little kids have to go to school in the secular world or what have you for 12 years to get them so they can survive out in the world or to function in the world. Why wouldn't we be having our children and our newly saved and all that in church learning that Christian education so they can survive as Christians. Yes. See, it's a, exactly it's a parallel I'm drawing, drawing there. So, uh, but anyway, uh, let, let, let's get back on subject here. Now, we talked about the apostles' doctrine. The second thing is fellowship. What yes. is, why is fellowship so important? Well, you know, Hebrews 10 is so, well, it can answer that question. Uh, let, let me just read it. I'm going to read it, and then I'll say something about it. This is Hebrews 10, uh, 19 through uh, 25, and he starts out by saying, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way, which he has inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, and so, in other words, salvation is God-centered sure. through the blood of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. And then now we've experienced that. So we've come into that place. Yeah. What, is, what is our response to what Jesus did on the cross? His blood yes. purchasing for us salvation. That's what, in fact, really these verses summarize everything that Hebrews talks about mm-hmm. in this letter. And then in verse 21, he says, or 22, he says, let us draw near. And he says, so let us draw near uh, with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. He said, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he, that is God, who promises faithful. And uh, and then let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Now let's just stop right here. Yeah. How are you gonna do any of that? I mean, where is that gonna happen? Yeah. The next verse answers the question. Not forsaking our own assembling together as a habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I mean, everything we're talking about, Mm -hmm. the ideal of where are you going to hear the message of salvation in the church, through the church, in evangelistic means. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and how are you going to draw near? I mean, you're going to do that when you're assembling together. Yeah. How are you going to maintain your confession of hope? I mean, how are you going to do any of these kind? Of, how would you stimulate one another for love and good works if you don't have anybody to stimulate? Yeah, you can't okay? do that in your house. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, you're house. watching a TV preacher out there, and 
and and only God knows what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this is all in the context of fellowship. Yeah. You know, you you assemble yourself together, and as a habit of some, he said, encouraging one another. And then then he says, all the more as you see the day Day approaching. approaching. So in what day is that? That's the day of the rapture of the church, the end time events of Mm -hmm. Revelation. And the summation of all things, we want to be right with God, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, and that verse that you're saying, not not a uh, not a you know, how did it say, neglecting the, not the forsaking forsaking the, the assembling. assembling as the habit of some or something. Now, how did, what did what did it say there? It said not forsaking our our own assembling together, okay. as is the habit of some. But encouraging. Okay, one as is the habit of some. Yeah. So, is it fair to say, possibly, when this verse was being written, he was writing this as an exhortation to the church? Yes. And he had some people that didn't think that they had to go to church. Well, I, that's why I would take it. I mean, and that goes back to a previous podcast that we did together, and that is mm-hmm. the ideal that there is a. A, 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 a you know a small gate a narrow way mm-hmm. that leads to life and Jesus said few be that find it sure you know that 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 concept of uh you know uh the the days of Noah being a a uh, kind of a you know a depiction of what it might be like sure. when Jesus comes back yeah and his return well there's only eight people on that ark yeah now I don't think that's a percentage of what I believe is going to be saved but mm-hmm. I'm just saying that yeah, I, there's all there's probably always been people who just didn't think they needed to go to church, or at least I could maybe go occasionally, and everything would be okay. And I yeah. think that's a mistake. In fact, I know it is. Yeah, it it, it really is. And and uh, okay, so <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm let's 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 bounce over again to our what we're talking about now. The breaking of bread. Uh, the breaking of bread. Is well, well, we have fellows, we have meetings, we eat together sometimes. Well, I mean, yeah. there's communion, we communion, that, that's oh. part of it. Oh. I mean, but I mean, but but really, a New Testament communion was a whole lot different than what we do today, sure, because it was it revolved around a meal, it did. <laughs> and uh, but you know, we we laugh around here, we, we love to have church dinners and mm-hmm. we love to have those kind of fellowships. I mean, even we do in our small groups, we'll do things and. And, uh, and and that is such a blessing, you know. If if anything, in in 2020, uh, with the COVID and and you know, and we shut our church down, I think for six weeks, and then did parking lot services, yeah. and finally, eventually, uh, were able to meet back we're again. But back. even then, you know, there were such strict protocols. We couldn't do church dinners. Mm-hmm. We could, I mean, we could do them in small things, but not large. And and uh, and, and that was something that I missed. I, I really. You know, of course, I like to eat. Yeah, but, uh, but it's more than that. It's a fellowship. It's that fellowship. You have. Yeah, you get together. It's a good time to to be a part. There, there's a term I believe it's in the Greek. It's called koinonia. Yes, koinonia. Yeah. Uh, that we, uh, you know, when we get together in that fellowship and and all that. And plus, I I believe can can is it fair to say that we can draw from our own experiences? Each other can draw from our trials as well as our victories can be shared oh, yes you know yeah. I, I remember back in the day back in the day 
we used to have testimony services. Oh, yes. And uh, about somebody would stand and say what the Lord is doing. Now, sometimes that could get out of hand, but <laughs> but at the same time, we'd have testimony. Well, this is what God did for me. This is what the Lord did for me. And other people can be encouraged and, and lifted up. And maybe even some, it may, you know, cue something in their mind to give them a, a piece of wisdom of what, when they share that and that you're building each other up. The Bible, what, let me see, where was this? Building up yourselves on the your, on this most oh, this most holy thing, Jude twenty, yeah, praying in the Holy Ghost, and it talks about building uh, building yourself up on your most holy faith. Yeah, well, how do you do that? You know, yeah, we'll say we're praying in the in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's where we're going. But yeah. in that sense, where is all that dynamic happening? Yeah, it's happening in and through the church. Sure. I mean, think of it this way: Who did? Who did God give the ministry gifts of the apostle all the way to the teacher? He gave them to the local church. The local church. Who did he give the gifts of the Holy Spirit to in 1 Corinthians 12? The local, local church. church. Who's Jesus coming back for? The church. The church. And specifically, the local church. Mm -hmm. And I mean, so, you know, you're, you really don't have much of God or any plan he has in the earth yeah. What's God's method of evangelism and his method of missions and all of that? It's the church. Mm -hmm. And people have gotten away from that. And what we've found is we have not been very successful, mm -hmm. especially in this country and the United States. And uh, more people thinking, well, I can just go solo on ministry. Uh, I, I remember uh, going to a church and preaching. In fact, that's where my, uh, my uh, uh, youngest daughter goes. Her She's married uh, to the pastor's son there. Sure. Uh, and uh, anyway, so I was, that's Brother Toller, it's Calvary Crossroads Church mm -hmm. in Santa Fe, Texas. And, uh, and I, I mentioned something about what church I attended. And at this time I was doing evangelism. I wasn't, I wasn't pastoring at this moment. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned where I went to church and, you know, just briefly said something about it. Didn't think much about it because I've always been in church, okay? Mm -hmm. And the pastor came up later and he said, it is so refreshing to hear that when I have a speaker in here, you don't understand that. He looked at me. When I've asked people, where do you go to church? And they'll tell me, oh, well, I'm traveling all the time and I really just, I, I don't get to do it and I don't know. Like he said, it is so refreshing to hear someone come in here and preach that's actively involved. And at that time, because I wasn't the pastor, I was back in the back on a Wednesday night teaching Royal Rangers and, and, and yeah, do, yeah, doing whatever yeah, I yeah. could do to, to, to help out. And, uh, and you know, and, and I didn't do it because I thought I was being special. That's just what you do when you're in the church. You take whatever gifts God's given you and you use them. Mm -hmm. If you've got gifts and you're not in the church, guess what? They're not going to be used. Yeah. So yeah, you need to be in church. Yeah. Church going to church won't save you, but people who are truly Christians, I believe, have a heart for God's people. Yes. And they want to be there. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, and uh, uh, before time gets away from us, let me roll on to and to prayers. Yes. And to prayers, and. Um, you know, well, let me, maybe this will be an easy way to answer that when we talk about prayers. Mm -hmm. uh, I've already mentioned um, that everywhere the apostles went, you know, when they were dispersed about there in the book of Acts, they scattered everywhere, they started sure. preaching the gospel. Uh, 
everywhere they went, what did they do? They established churches. Yes. Local churches everywhere. Then what they did is they wrote to those churches. Those are the letters we have in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And they wrote to those individual churches. If you look at Paul's writing, especially the Apostle Paul, almost every letter he wrote, he starts out by talking about he's praying for them. Mm -hmm. He's encouraged in in the, the Colossian letter. He tells the Colossian believers there, be devoted to prayer. To the Ephesians, to the the church at Ephesus, he tells us that we ought to be praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. spirit. And, and then he mentions in the end, hey, pray for me too. I need some help. But he's prayer. And uh, and and so, you know, how do we facilitate that in the local church? Well, you know, this is the way we do it. We have prayer before every service. You yes. know? And uh, we, we, we don't tell people they have to be there, but we make it available. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then we also have a Tuesday prayer meeting. You mm-hmm. know, there's just an independent one, and uh, and and we encourage people to come and pray. And why? Because our prayer—that's our our access to God. You know, yeah. in that sense. And 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 why we need to be taught the Word is so that we'll know how to pray, mm-hmm. and we we can we can we can go to God. And uh, but also another side of it, and and maybe we'll just a little testimony of it. Uh, Sunday morning. Uh, during the service, uh, one of the ladies in our church had an attack uh, with her kidney. I mean, just extreme pain. And I didn't know it. And then somebody told me, hey, so-and-so had a, you know, a, a kidney and is hurting bad. Mm-hmm. And so she came forward for prayer. We prayed for her. Now, I didn't know what, hap- what happened until after the service. But after the service, she came to me and she said, you know what, after y'all prayed for me, I went and sat down. As soon as I sat down, all my pain left. Wow. I talked to her again on Wednesday, uh, and I asked her. She, she's been fine ever since. That's why we, we pray for people. We pray for people. Yeah, so prayer offered in church. You know, and I believe James tells us, he says that when if there is some if sick among you, yeah. let them call for the elders of the church. The church. And, you know, and then they go in the prayer of faith will raise them up and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But it, it really is focusing on prayer in the church. What do you, what do you get when it comes, we're, we're praying to God, we're worshiping the Lord, we're communicating with him, but we're also praying for one another. We're praying for people that are sick or, or what have you. And we are seeing things happen. Now I will I want to bring out that, you know, some of our most recent revivals that we've heard about in the country, say like, uh, where was that down in Florida? That uh, Pensacola. Pensacola. That happened at a church. Yes. It didn't happen in somebody's backyard when they're uh, not going to church. It happened in the church. Because the Bible says in, in Acts, when they were all up, verse 2, I'm kind of rolling back to Acts 2, said when they were all in one accord in one place. You, we cannot expect God to move. Well, of course, individually, that's our own relationship with him. But when we get believers together in one accord in one place, that's when things begin to happen. That's when the, the Acts chapter 2 was kicked off. Go ahead. Well, you know, and so you talk about prayer there, and that was the, uh, uh, you know, the pastor then was uh, Pastor John Kilpatrick, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've heard his testimony, 
and even though their church had got rather large, sure, that he knew something was missing. So what he did is he took their Sunday night service, and uh, and he said, guys, I'm not going to preach anymore on Sunday night. Now they had preaching on Sunday morning and on Wednesday. But he said on Sunday night, he said, this is what we're going to do. I may share a little bit on the word, but we're going to dedicate this service to prayer for revival. We want God to move in our church and in our city. And uh, and they did that, I think, I believe, for a year. And then revival broke out mm -hmm. in 1995 on Father's Day. And they came up for air about 10 years later. Wow. And But, but what started that? Prayer. Prayer. Yeah. Prayer. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in those those four tenets that we're talking about, and the doctrine, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer, and that's what a church is all about. A person who's sitting at home, they cannot expect that. You can't get that from a TV set. No, no, you, you can't get that from you know. And, and it's great that people listen to our podcast, but you can't get the full meal deal by listening to a podcast. No, no, you, you have to be where. It's happening, you know, and I, I, I use this kind of uh, funny term. It says you got to be under the spout where the glory's coming out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you have to be there if you expect to, to, for God to move in your life. And, and, and really, to answer that question, let's circle back to that question again. Can a Christian be a Christian without attending church? I mean, it, if you're a shut-in, if you're someone that physically just cannot come, mm -hmm. well, obviously the answer to that is yes. But do I need to still avail myself of what the church has to offer? Yes, of Absolutely. course you do. You know, I, one of the things that I've observed, every person that's ever come to me and I've ever counseled or talked to on a personal level and have said things similar to me, well, why do I have to go to church to be a Christian? When I delve a little further, you know, and, and begin to ask some questions, simple questions like, tell me when you met the Lord, when yeah. you got saved, I mean, when you knew for sure your sins were forgiven, tell me that moment. The answer is always the same. That, well, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty sure when I was in Sunday school as a kid, or or maybe at whatever, I'm, I probably said the sinner's prayer. They can't put. They cannot you know that, you put know, their finger what on we're the talking time about is someone that if they say they're a Christian, it's a false conversion. Mm -hmm. Nobody has ever met the risen Christ and doesn't know it. Mm -hmm. The Bible likens salvation is to passing from death to life. Yes. You ask anybody that's been raised from the dead physically, they can tell you the moment. Well, when you're raised spiritually and you become alive in Christ, that means the Holy Spirit comes to live in, in you. Your body becomes a temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And and there is no way that you can experience that type of transformation. That doesn't mean that you've got everything you need in the sense that I don't need to be discipled. That's not what yeah. the point. But there there is within you by the Spirit, a when you're born again, a hunger to know God. You want to know Him. There is that overwhelming you want to be in church you mm -hmm. want to be around god's people you want to hear the word of god you want to pray you you love fellowship i mean you every part of it and if it's not there then that tells me that there's a problem with maybe we just don't know god yeah. good news is you can get to know god yeah you can you get to know you god can. right now yeah 
Absolutely. Yeah. Now let, let me. Uh, we're we're going to close here in just a minute, but let me bring around uh, uh, you, that brought something to mind is that when I was first saved, when I this is way back uh, when the dinosaurs were circling. Oh, okay, I'm just a joke. But uh, back in 1976, March 15th, 1976. I can give you the date. Um, I was uh, in a church in the middle of Denver, Colorado. And I remember times that we would go there, we would have service. And of course, during those days, we'd have service Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We'd have Friday night Bible studies. We'd have fellowship meetings, you know, or, or people would get together and all that. And, but I remember being at church and the Lord would move in such a way that people would just hang around at the church. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how you know what the church is. I mm -hmm. mean, who the church is, I should say. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, in my, my, you know, like I said, on my own salvation experience, and I'll be brief with it, mm -hmm. I was in sixth grade, and my, it was my summer, my sixth grade year. And, uh, and I'm not sure what year that was when I was in sixth grade, mm -hmm. being close to what the year date was. I think in 1976, while well, I was in fourth grade, so this would probably be 1978. And uh, and I and so we I went to summer camp, and uh, and I did not identify as a Christian. I'd been raised mm -hmm. in church, but I did not identify. In fact, that was my kind of rebellious little moments there. And uh, and then we had a chalk evangelist. If you've never seen one of those, it's amazing what yeah. you can do. And chalk. He, he, yeah, he preached the gospel, and he would mm -hmm. do these chalk drawings every night. And so this is the last night of the uh, camp meeting. And, uh, and of course, he has given the altar call every night, and people have just responded. I have not responded. I am in the back row of that chapel. And, uh, and you know, and I just had a determination. I am not going to respond to this. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to. And uh, so on the last night, he gave this response. 20 minutes has gone. People are still at the altars, and they're praying. He's given up on all the rest of us. And the most unexplainable thing happened to me. Mm -hmm. I felt an irresistible drawing to go to the front and give my life to Jesus. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. I was in sixth grade. I didn't have all the theology behind me, but no. I just, I mean, I didn't hesitate. I got up, I went down there mm -hmm. and I repented. I, that's, I, I raised in church, so I kind of knew what I needed to do. Yeah. And I repented and all my sins asked Jesus to be my savior. Yeah. And, um, and then the next thing that happened to me, uh, which would probably be for a future podcast, yeah. is I found myself speaking in a language that I did not understand. Yeah. Yeah. Being raised in a Pentecostal church, it wasn't foreign to me, yeah. but it wasn't what I was seeking. Yeah. And uh, and I, you know, and I, and what seemed like just a few minutes, forty-five minutes had escaped me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just got caught up in it. Sure. And what I knew when it was all over with. Is I'm saved. Yeah. And the first thing I couldn't wait to do is get back to my room so I could throw away all my ACDC and Van Halen and, <laughs> yeah. and all the junk I had. I want to get rid of all that. Yeah. And I had a few other things in my bedroom I wasn't supposed to have. I want to get all that stuff mm -hmm. out of there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, and, and, and some of the records, I even had a Christy McNichols record and Bee Gees or something like yeah. that. And uh, and my mom said, you know, well, we could give them somebody else. I said, well, if it's sin for me, it's sin for everybody. <laughs> I, got rid of I, all remember, of I remember those days. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, but what, what I'm trying to say is that 
from that moment, it never crossed my mind. Do I have to go to church to be a Christian? Mm -mm. I wanted to be there. You want to be there. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, there's a drawing, and and that that's it. It really doesn't feel right if you know so, you know Sunday morning. And if if you're if Sunday morning, if you have the capability, like we're talking about shut-ins, if you have the capability, you have a car, you have transportation, or they'll come and get you or what have you, and Sunday morning comes or whenever they have church. And you don't go, and if you're not feeling strange, yes, you know, and that's what I'm saying is that uh, you know, even when we say we go on vacation, we went on vacation a few weeks ago, okay, a couple weeks ago, and we were, and we were on, you know, having a good time or wherever we were going or in trans transit to our place, but Sunday morning comes and you just feel, man, like a fish out of water, a fish out of water. Yeah, yeah I should be at church, I, you know, I feel, but. Here's that. There's the thing about it is that really, if you're truly saved, and we we have plenty of proof in the book in the book of Acts and in the New Testament, in the Bible backs it up 100. percent You gotta be. You should be at church if you're a Christian. Right. Now the only, like I said, the only the shut-ins. If somebody is, you can't get out. There's no tramp. Whatever. Uh, the church actually, and I think that's part of the responsibility of the church, to make available ways to help those individuals yes. as well. And I remember growing up, they had uh, they had a, a, something on TV about something for shut-ins or something like that. They'd uh, they'd preach, but it was just basically uh, services on on the TV or whatever that people could listen to. And now, I mean, really. But you see, that's the exception. It's not, yeah, it's it not really is not the rule. Yeah. And uh, so the thing is, is that if you're, you know, like the pastor, you said, people are so, oh, I don't have to go to church to be saved. Uh, why don't you want to go to church? Yeah, that, that's the other question there. Why wouldn't you want to go? Why? I mean, if you say you love God, but you don't. And I know that scripture says you hate your brother, you're a liar. But yeah. let's look at it from another perspective. I love God. I'm in love with Jesus, but I don't want to be around any of his people. You know, that, I, that, that's there's something wrong with that. There's something weird. That's something, yeah. Wrong with yeah. And uh, so let, let me, let me uh, we're going to do a little quick action thing here. And we, we went over a little bit this time, and I don't care. Uh, uh, we, we went on, I think this is a good subject matter. I'm going to ask you a couple of things that are gonna, uh, about this is that, why people say that they don't want to go to church. Here's some excuses. Well, there's a bunch of hypocrites in the church. Yeah. And I, and I you know, and that I've never quite understood that. If, if, I, if what you mean by that is that certain Christians that go to church aren't perfect, oh, well, grow up <laughs> and understand the world. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. That doesn't make you a hypocrite. You know, and uh, and uh, that that's just an excuse. That's all that is. I mean, it's just an excuse that I just don't want to go to church. And maybe maybe people have seen mm -hmm. somebody outside of church doing questionable things. Well, that that's uh, that's all. Welcome to the to, world. I mean, come on. Going to happen. You see, what what I say is, you know, and I'm going to make a statement here, and it's just. Uh, it's gonna gonna be. It may, may. I don't know if it's shocking or whatever. I want to make a statement that says everybody's a hypocrite. You just got to catch them on the right day. 
Well, there, there's a point right there. Yeah. Yeah, we all do things that we shouldn't do. We all say things that we shouldn't oh, say. 100%. We have attitudes or whatever. You get up on the wrong that's side of the bed. That's part of growing in Christ yeah. and crucifying the flesh. Mm-hmm. And that's why Paul wrote so many things to the churches about bad behavior and putting mm-hmm. them to death. I mean, yeah, you're going to find people that are <laughs> not perfect in church. Yeah. And, and I would say that this is the same person. Join us. You're not perfect either. So come on in. How about that person who says, I have been hurt by going to this particular church? You know, and and that's sad. Um, I'm probably not the best person to answer this question. Really, when it comes down to it, if you got hurt, maybe somebody hurt your feelings, you know, or something of that nature, and, uh, and then you don't, and you hadn't went to church in however many years, this is going to be a hard statement. Mm-hmm. It's just because you never met the risen Christ. You yeah. don't know him. Because we have an example of the sufferings of Christ. Yes. Peter said we're called to suffer with him. Mm-hmm. And that is persecution. The ideal of uh, people saying things about you that are not true. Uh, yeah, church can be a, it's full of people. Not everybody that goes to church is a Christian. No. Not everybody that goes to church has been sanctified quite like they need. To be. <laughs> True, <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, you can you can get hurt. I mean, people can do things that hurt your feelings, but your faith is ultimately in Christ. And going to church is about His people. And and really, what we need to do is we need to forgive the people mm-hmm. that hurt us. We need to ask God to help us with this pain. Yes, and uh, and we just need to be a part of the church. I, there is no excuse not to be a part of a local church, not biblically speaking. No. Now, we we talk about churches that have split. Uh, I'm just I, I, uh, I, I hesitate to deal with this because I'm looking at the time right now. But um, I there. Are, uh, how do I know? And, and I think this can segue into our next segment, which is going to, we're going to be con, uh, de- dealing with, is how can I know that I'm in the right church? Yeah, that, that's, um, that goes back down to doctrine again. Mm-hmm. That, that goes to the point of, you know, like Paul told Timothy, you know, you, you've known the sacred writings that are made, you know, he's talking about the word of God there yeah. and that it may able to make you wise for salvation, which is in faith in Christ. And he said, and you've kind of convinced of them. Mm-hmm. And then he said, knowing from whom you've learned them. Yeah. You, you know, there's that, that part right there. Uh, I think about Barnabas and Paul in the scripture and they hit a crossroads in their ministry and uh, and I and I believe it was a God thing because they got double the amount accomplished by going separate ways and taking other people. But mm-hmm. you know, and it all arose over uh, Mark or John Mark. Yeah. And uh, being a, a a nephew to Barnabas, and he got brought on a missionary trip, their first one, and uh, I guess he missed Mama. I don't know what the problem was. Maybe it was a girlfriend back where he was at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he went back home. Yeah. And, uh, and and the Apostle Paul was pretty strict about that. He didn't he didn't appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Left him. He left him. And uh, and then when they wanted to bring him again on the another missionary journey, and he said, "No, no, I'm not taking him. He hasn't grown up in Christ enough." Mm-hmm. Barnabas says, "No, I have faith in him. I believe it." And the Bible says they got in a sharp dispute. Yeah. 
I mean, this is a, this is a, and they chose to go separate Several ways. ways yeah. Now, Paul later said, bring Mark to me because he's valuable and he wanted, you know, that. So the question is, who was right, who was wrong? Really, they were both right, and yet both of them were wrong in one sense. Mm -hmm. That didn't make either one of them evil. When church splits happen, yeah, to be honest, sin is always at the root of it. Yeah. Could be rebellion. Who knows? The, at that point and moment, if you're a part of that church, you have to really just ask the Lord for wisdom mm. about what you should do. Yeah. And, 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 and God will do that. And we have a there in James chapter 1. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, but, but th those are always uh, hard things. And, and you know what? They've been splits as long as a church has ever been established. Yeah. Churches have done that. Some well, splits that, are, are, are good splits. In other words, they sure. plan a church somewhere. But that's why we have so many different, yes. you know, when, when the apostles was first started off, they went to that community or to that area to establish a church. Yes. A church. A not, church. No. Not 20, not yeah. 15, 100 churches in the city. Just a church. Just, a, yeah. But then when we when we look at all the different denominations, that's even a whole other discussion. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> denominations that's is that, yeah, yeah. So anyway, let's, let's bring it back around because we're, uh, but, um, and we're going to be discussing what, uh, as we go on in the next podcast and all that, what are, what should I look at? What should I, when I'm looking for a church, what do I look for, uh, et cetera, and make sure that I find the right one. There's too many. I, I like I said, uh, I said before, I heard an evangelist the other day, he was out on TV preaching and he says, if you want to, you know, and then he gives a three or maybe even a two minute prayer or maybe a one minute prayer. Uh, if you want to get saved today, say, Jesus, come into my life. Uh, you know, blah, uh, and then uh, maybe another line. And then he says, if you said that prayer, you're born again. And he says, you need to find a church. And then he goes on there. And then he goes, then he asks for uh, donations. But anyway, I want to get into that. But the thing here is that we say, go find a church. Here you go. Go find a church. Well, what we want to do is we want to give you the uh, give the people give uh, through this podcast for what we're doing. How do I find a church? What should I look for? How do I you know what should be a, is a good pieces of a good church that I need to go to? And uh, we're not here to 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 make uh, you know to throw people out on their own. If a person is saved, they need to be discipled. Yes, and that's part of discipleship. And you cannot be discipled unless you get into a decent church that's going to give you the proper teaching, et cetera, et cetera. Once again, so, a foundation. A foundation, the foundation. So, Pastor, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, ask you to go ahead and pray. If, and I want you to say something. If somebody's out there listening today and said, man, I used to think that I didn't have to go to church. What do they need to do? What do they need to do? You want me to answer that question? Yeah, I want you to speak out as somebody there well, right there if, is listening. If, if you're listening to this and, and, you know, maybe maybe you have come to faith in Christ and you know that your sins are forgiven, you have that assurance in your heart, you have the hope within you, and and, uh, and maybe you're in a new area as well and you just you, you just don't know where to go. Um, the great thing, <laughs> it's going to sound really funny, but, you know, the Internet can be your friend. Yeah. It okay. can be your friend. Uh, I'm going to recommend that you get into what's called a full gospel church. 
What I mean by that is a, a church such as an Assembly of God church, maybe a uh, Pentecostal Church of God or, or something of that nature. Now, if you're a Baptist or, or someone of that nature, well, then you can look for one of those kind of churches. Mm -hmm. but, but, but my point is, go look it up. You, you can get on your phone and you can say, what churches are in my city? Mm -hmm. and, um, and you know what? Go to God. Ask Him. Say, Lord, I'm your child. Where do you want me to go? Because he's the one that plants you in a church. Sure. So he's going to, what are you going to, what, what, where do you want me to go? And, uh, and then once you sense that, or may, it may not be an audible voice, but you just have a feeling about it, go to that church. Mm -hmm. Show up and see what it's all about. Mm -hmm. uh, before you commit to that church, what I would do is I would go to a couple of services. I would probably request to talk to the pastor or someone on the staff. They might have literature. Like if you were to come to our church, we have literature mm -hmm. on things we believe. We have some brochures mm -hmm. and people can check us out. We have online services. Uh, you know, we also have a web page. And, and, and so there's a lot of things you can do to, 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 to kind of get a, an, a, you know, you kind of find out a little bit about them. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had people join our church and they said, we've listened to your online messages and your worship and stuff before we ever came. We just want to make sure, yeah you know, but then when they came, they liked it and then they joined us. And sure. so, uh, but, but ask God, that's the biggest thing and be willing to have the Lord lead you on that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, okay. Great. Great. All righty. Well, let's go ahead and let, let's pray right now. We're going to say a prayer and then we're going to end this uh, podcast and we'll be back next week for another one. So, uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly father, we thank you, God, that we had this opportunity to discuss this about, do I have to be a go to church if I'm a Christian and really through the Bible and through everything the apostles did and through the teaching of the word, we do see that we really do need to be in church. And father, I pray for those individuals out there that are thinking that they're lone rangers, that they don't have any place to go. God, I pray that you start dealing with their hearts and that you lead them to a church father. That's going to provide, uh, uh bring them in, that's going to be friendly, that's going to uh, teach them the right word, Father, and so that they can become of uh, a part of that organization, above of that church, and Father, so they can really uh, do and experience what you want them to experience in their lives. And Father, we thank you for it, Lord, and if there's anybody out there that doesn't know Jesus right now, we pray, Lord God, that they give their heart to you, Lord, and come aboard. You know, you can't be in it, uh, you can't win it unless you're in it. And uh, right now, I pray, Father, that if they, they, they need to know you, that you would reach out and touch their heart. Holy Spirit, draw them. And Father, we thank you for this time with Pastor Paul here and with our podcast. We ask, Lord, that you'd take this word and the word will not return void. It'll go out there and it'll touch somebody's life. And we thank you that you're doing that in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty, folks. So this is, uh, we're going to uh, wrap it up for this week and uh, we'll be coming back. We're going to talk about how to find a church. What are good things that you need to find in a church? And, um, and so stay tuned and we thank Pastor Paul. Thank you for being a part of this podcast here. And, uh, we'll, be, we'll of course, we'll be back again and have you back again in the, uh, in future podcasts. So God bless you all. Have a great day and be blessed in Jesus.